you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 6 is where we've been camping out the last couple of weeks. And as Nathan said, again on the announcements, we're going to continue in our series uh, titled Next. This series is all about uh, the next steps that uh, you and I need to take on our spiritual journey with the Lord. And as we see in Exodus chapter uh, 6 and beginning in verse 6, the Lord promises that uh, he, the Lord makes four promises uh, to the children of Israel. Uh, and so we're going to read those again. It's been our text for this series. Exodus 6, 6 says this. Therefore, I say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. So the four promises here is I will free you from oppression. I will rescue you from slavery. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. And I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Let's pray over the word. Father, we thank you for your word. That your word is awesome and true. Holy Spirit, we know that this word was inspired by you throughout the ages that all the thousands of years culminated, Lord God, and they all complement each other, all the books, all the chapters, all the verses. So we know your word is living and true, and it's actively working in our lives today. So we ask that you would speak to us, Lord God, and help us to apply it to our lives. Help me, Lord God, as I present your word. Thank you for a fresh anointing and a great outpouring upon our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So these four promises were not only for Israel, but these are promises for both you and me today. Remember, the Apostle Paul says in Corinthians that everything that happened in the Old Testament, he said, is a, a type or a shadow or a picture for us as the New Testament church as well. Uh, but this is also God's vision for the church and how we are to move from step to step on this journey that we are on in this life. We like to say it this way. It's to know God, to live free, to find your purpose, and to make a difference. So in week one, Pastor Todd talked about knowing God. You know, everyone's journey in life, their spiritual journey starts with knowing God. And we don't just know God, we, we shouldn't just know about God. It's not just knowing about God or hearing about learning about God or who God is, but it's knowing him personally and intimately, right? I'm sure everybody in this room knows who Drew Brees is, right? You know, and in a, in, a, in a little bit of time, he'll be on the field and playing, and we're all hoping that they get their first win. At least us Saints fans are, right? But how many of y'all in this room know Drew Brees personally? Like, you can call him whenever you want. You can text him. You have, you know, you go over to his house. No, like, none of us do, right? So it's not just good enough to know about God or know who he is, but the creator of the universe, your creator, wants to know you intimately in a personal way. Knowing God means having a strong and vibrant relationship with him where you experience his presence, where you receive his guidance. It's knowing God good enough to walk and talk with him on a daily basis. I just had a thought that that illustration might have went over better if we were 2-0 and instead of 0-2, so just a thought. The only way to do this by knowing God personally is by accepting his son Jesus Christ as, as your personal Lord and Savior. Ask, turning away from the sinful slavery that you are in and asking him to forgive you and free you. Remember, as Pastor Todd has been painting the picture, that that's a picture whenever the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt. 
Egypt was a picture of the world. Pharaoh was a picture of the devil. And they were free. They got out of their slavery. And, it, and the only way we can know God is by asking the Lord to forgive us and accepting the free gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, which I'll talk about some more at the end. Then last week, he talked about living free, the second part of our journey to live free. Pastor Todd said it's not good enough to just get out of Egypt by knowing God. You have to get Egypt out of you and live free. See, they came out of Egypt as slaves, but they still had some slave mentalities. There were still some things. They Even at a point where they was even asking to go back into slavery because of the food that they had and everything, forgetting that the food was free because they were not. And a lot of times spiritually we can be the same way where God can save us. We A lot of us are born again believers in here, but we can still have a mentality of, of being in the bondage that we were in before because we're still carrying some of that stuff with us. Living free... Uh, we, this is, we need to live free from the pain in the past of the, and the bondages and strongholds that the enemy has on us today. Some of the ways Pastor Todd said that we do this is by continuing to pursue spiritual growth through regular church attendance, Bible studies, and attending the growth track. Next is con- connecting relationally through life groups. Uh, we just kicked off a, a new life group a semester with, you see, I can see the, the wall from here through the doors and the life group wall. You can go online, check out all the different life groups we have to offer. And then continuing to live a spirit-filled life. You do this by spending time with the Lord daily through Bible reading and prayer, through worship. And also, again, if you want to live free, if there's some things in your life, some junk in your life, some hurts, some habits, hang-ups, some bondages, we encourage you to come out to the Freedom Retreat on October 20th and 21st. Freedom is a process. Would you agree? Those of you that have been on a journey of freedom and healing, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you can go through classes and you go through things like a freedom retreat and you get freedom, you get healing, but it's a continuous process. And so, but the freedom retreat is a major jumpstart to that process. And I believe you can get free from a lot of things by coming out and, and giving your all and just being open to what the Lord wants to do on that weekend. So today we're going to talk about step three, which is finding your purpose. Step three, we must, number one, know God, to live free, and then you have to find your purpose. So let's go back to Exodus 6, 7, and we're going to look at this one verse here. The Lord says this, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. Redeem simply means to buy back or to cash in the value of something in order to receive something else. It's basically like having a coupon or maybe a gift card. How many of you like receiving a gift card, right? I know I do. I got a gift card this week, and I like being able to go, and I didn't pay for it, but I got a gift card so I can go to that place of business, and I can get something in return for it, right? That's one of the meanings of redemption or redeem. Redeem also means to win back, to free someone from what distresses or harms them, to liberate them from captivity by paying a ransom, to reform and restore. See, when God redeems us, the whole reason why am I talking about redemption and finding our purpose? The reason he redeems us, he does it first by paying our sin debt through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And in return, we can experience freedom to do what he has created us to do. See, everybody in here is doing something. But the question today is, are you doing what you were created to do? That's the question. Are you doing what you were created to do? As we see with the Israelites in Egypt, God was not only interested in saving them and delivering them from slavery, he also had a plan and a purpose for them. The same is true for all of God's people today. Redemption means that God enables us to do what we're supposed to be doing. 
For the Israelites, it wasn't making bricks for Pharaoh in a mud pit. God freed them to live productive and fulfilled lives in the promised land. And that's the key too, is living a life of fulfillment. I heard somebody say, you know, we're all busy, but just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're being productive. And I'll add this, just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're being fulfilled. And I know a lot of us can say that to be true too. So regardless of the maybe the modern mud pits that you may be in today, God has the same promises for you as well. To find out how he created you, your specific purpose, and to live a life of productivity and fulfillment. So the first thing we have to know is that you have to get it inside of you that God has a specific purpose for you. We see that in Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. It says this, God saves you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this, for it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpieces. I love that. Now listen to this. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, so what? So we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. And we're going to talk about exactly what that means here more today. See, once God saves us, we become disciples, right? Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. He didn't say just make converts. We become disciples. But our redemption is the key, uh, is the essence of discipleship. Yes, we're called to be students of Christ. We're called to learn about Christ, know more about the Lord, you know, draw closer to the Lord. But that's not the only thing discipleship means. It's not just sitting in a Bible study and learning more and learning more. That's part of it, but it doesn't stop there. It, it, it's about discovering and developing the reason why you were created and then living it out. See, discipleship should be, it's like, okay, you're learning about Christ, you're growing in your faith, you're learning about who God says I am, and then why God created me, and then how do I live that out? So we want to help you not only find your purpose, and that's how we're going to wrap up the series as well, is but how can you apply that to make a difference? You know, think about this. A lot of you in here have, have gone to college. When you go to college, you go to any university, you don't just go, and, and people, are, you may, there's probably some here are actually in college right now. You don't just go to college and randomly learn random things, just walk into a classroom that you feel like going in that day and learn from a random professor, do you? That's not how college works. No, you go into certain classes, and they teach you about the certain field of your major that you're going to be able to apply into the field when you leave college, right? It's the same thing with us. The goal of life is not just to learn, but to apply what you've learned. So God wants you to do what he's created you to do. He has a specific purpose for your life. And according to the promise in Exodus 6, 7, he goes about redeeming us so we can do this purpose in two ways. First, he says this, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. So imagine for a second with me, God reaching down and pulling you up from where you have fallen. We know we've all fallen. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the Bible says with an outstretched arm, he extends his arm towards us so that we can take his hand and get back on our feet. I love the way Psalm 1835 says it. He says, you give me you give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. Listen to this. You stoop down to make me great. So let me ask you a question. Why does God have to stoop down? Because some of us are convinced that we're not great. Some of us are, have resigned to the fact that we're just going to live ordinary lives. We don't, we don't feel that we're anybody great or that we're going to be great. So the Bible says he has to reach down 
and pull us up. You see, let me say this today. God sees greatness in you. Let me go back and say, okay, I got one brother that believes that. You have greatness inside of you. You have greatness inside of you. He knows this because he's the one that created you and he put, he put greatness in you. Think about it, people. If we're created in the image of God, isn't God great? So if we were created in his image, wouldn't that make us great as well? We have greatness in us, not in and of ourselves, but because we're created in the image of the Lord. See, he wants to help you to discover what you were made to do and to experience the fulfillment that comes with it. Again, now, oftentimes what he does is that he uses other people to do that. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weave my story about how I find my purpose into this message today. And, and I'll start out by saying, you know, when I first got saved, and some of you have heard me talk about this before in other messages, but I'm going to really, as I sat down this week to prepare this message, it really was cool even connecting the dots for myself and to go back and an overview of how this happened. You know, when I first got saved, the youth pastor at the time was in the lobby, and he came up to me and he said, hey, man, when you going to become a leader? And I was like, a leader? I was like, man, I just got saved. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I barely even know the Bible yet. And what you talking about? You know, he said, well, I know, man, but you have a lot to offer. And I, and I see some things in you that you can help these kids with back there. So why don't you pray about come and help, you know, my wife and I with the youth ministry. I said, okay, I'll pray about it. It didn't take long. I felt like the Lord was telling me to do that. I served under him for a while, and then he stepped down, another guy came in, and so I kind of became the next youth pastor's right-hand man, and, and he sort of said, hey, man, listen, I'm seeing some things in you, and, and, and I want you to start preaching. He said, so I want you to go, and I want you to, to pick a day out on the calendar, and I want you uh, to give me that Wednesday night, and I'm going to get you to preach in youth. I said, okay, cool. Well, a week went by, two weeks went by, he came back, he said, hey, did you ever pick out a date to preach? And I said, nah, man, I just, I just hadn't gotten around to it, you know, and he's like, okay, well, Go back home, look at your calendar, you know, and, and, and check it out. See what you got coming up. So about another week or two went by. Hey, man, did you pick out a day? I was like, man, I think I lost my calendar or something, man. I don't, I, I'm not sure. And he said, hey, come here, sit down. He opened his calendar and he's like, this Wednesday you preach it, you know. And so I'm so thankful he did that because I might have still not preached my first message yet, you know. That was almost 15 years ago. I say that to say it often takes other people to see our God-given potential in our own lives because we tend to put limitations on ourselves because we're too self-critical. See, I didn't, I didn't think, I, I was never into public speaking or any of that stuff. I mean, in, in, in school, when you have to do a presentation in front of the class, I'm like, man, you know, and even after I got saved, I was like, there's no way I can, you know, I say no way. But I never thought like, okay, I, I'm going to do good at this. I felt like Moses, God, I don't speak well. Except for me, it was like a Cajun accent and not proper grammar. You know what I mean? And so... I, but it took these men to look at me and say, hey, I see some potential in you. Let, let us start working on this. And it's the same with all of you, too. If you don't see yourself as great, God knows that you're great, and he'll use other people to do that. That's part of what I'm trying to do this morning, by the way. It's to tell you that you got greatness on the inside of you because you are created in the image of the great one. Let's look at the second way he redeems us. In verse 6, he says, I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. The second way is through mighty acts of judgment. Now, you might be thinking, man, this sounds contrary to him pulling us up and pulling us out and whatnot. But you got to understand who the mighty acts of judgment he was talking about. It wasn't towards us. Remember, the picture is Exodus and uh, in, in Egypt. And when they were coming out of Egypt, all of us know about, or most of us, Pastor Todd talked about it last week, the week before, the deliverance and how the Lord delivered uh, 
the children of Israel from Egypt. And part of how he did it was that he had mighty acts of judgment, the plagues that he sent to Egypt. How he opened the Red Sea and then closed it over on the Egyptians. So it was their enemy that he was uh, enacting these, these judgments against. And so God's acts of judgment are reserved for the enemy of our souls, not us. So you need to get that because sometimes I think goes back to struggling with God being good. Because some of us might be programmed that, man, every time I mess up, God's ready to judge me and drop the hammer on me. Now, I'm not saying God overlooks sin. That's not what I'm saying. But when you read something like this, the acts of judgment is not for us, y'all. It's for the enemy that tries to keep us from our purpose. Are y'all tracking with me? Are y'all following what I'm saying? Because just as God has a plan and purpose for our life, so does the enemy. Did you know that? The enemy has a plan for your life, too. He'll do anything to obscure your identity as a child of God and derail your purpose. He wants you to think so lowly of yourself that you won't even attempt what God has created you to do. He's going to try to undermine your efforts and try to keep you from finding your purpose. He'll put anything he can in your way to try to hinder you. See, even the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, experienced this resistance many times. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18, it says this. Paul said, we wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented me. That's interesting. The, the Greek word prevented there is ekopto, and it means to cut a ditch across. And the picture that Paul was painting was, see, back then, whenever they had robbers uh, that were trying to rob travelers that were traveling across the countryside, they would come and they would cut these huge ditches. They would dig these huge ditches along the, the paths that they were traveling to stop those traveling so they would be sitting ducks so they can go and plunder them and rob them. You see, in the spiritual world, these spiritual ditches impedes our progress by cutting off our path and creating a diversion so we'll take a different route. Let me say this. I think there's some people sitting here today that you're on a detour in your life. Amen. You're on a detour. You know, the enemy has impeded your progress and cut a ditch across your path. And you know what? First of all, let me say this. Let me stop and say this before I talk more about your detour. I love the scripture that says God's giftings and callings could never be withdrawn. Amen. So you have a calling. You have a gift. You have a purpose. You may be on a detour, but that purpose is still there. So, but some of us have gotten detoured. You're on a diversion. I pray that today, before you leave here, you get back on the path of purpose that God has intended for you. See, Satan also loves to use everyday problems to create diversions in our lives. He wants to keep us focused on ourselves, our issues, and our own comfort and convenience. It might not be that. It might Sometimes it's our own issues. We're caught up in our own world. Matter of fact, I was reading a book, and some people said, you can tell if people are focused on purpose by how they pray. Are you praying just about your world, what's going on? Are you praying about things that will change your city, your nation, and the world? It's, it, it's not just focusing on yourself. And then your own comforts and convenience. We often hear the term in, in church, get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes our comforts can be our, our, our biggest hindrance to our purpose. You see, listen, if the devil can't keep you out of heaven, he'll at least like for you to be ineffective in the meantime. Let's say that again. If the devil can't keep you out of heaven, and he knows you saved, he'll try to keep you ineffective while you're here on earth in the meantime. So these mighty acts of judgment that the Lord's talking about was against Pharaoh in Egypt, and it's against Satan and his demons today. That's how he redeems us to do what we are supposed to do. God keeps reaching down and pulling us up. 
See, on the contrary, God wants you to grow, discover, and develop into the realization of your full potential. I wonder how many people in here today have not tapped in to their full potential. The full potential of what God had created and has in mind for you. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. How do you find your purpose? You notice that the third part is, is find your purpose. You, you have a specific purpose like we talked about. So let's look at that a little more. Number one, the best way to discover your divine destiny is to understand your divine design. Is to understand your divine. See, your design will reveal your destiny. Your design, the way God designed you and created you, will first reveal your destiny. So if you're not sure what your purpose is, you're not sure what your destiny is, you, you first have to know how God wired you, how, how you were created, and what he's put inside of you. Look at Ephesians 2.10 again. It says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do works which God prepared in advance to do. You see that? Some people, some, some translations say, what he predestined. Before he even created us, he had something in mind for us to do. See, God didn't just, you know, he, God deliberately made you how you are. God didn't create you and just say, I'm, I just created David. Like, hmm, now what am I going to get David to do? Like, man, I need to find something for David to do. I'm going to have to get back to David on that. No, that's not how it works. Actually, the opposite is true. God had something in mind for David, me, and all of you to do, and then he created us. He had it in mind first, then he created. It's kind of like drawing up the blueprints of a building, right, or of a house, right? You don't start building first, and you're like, um, oh, yeah, I need some toilets in this place. Where am I going to put the toilets at? No. You have a design first, right? You have a plan. You, you draw it out, then you start building. He has a plan for all of us. He had something in mind for you and I to do way before the Bible talks about, I mean, look, way before the foundations of the earth, he had you in mind and knew when he was going to create you and knew what he had for you to do. The second way that we find our purpose is to get free. Again, I'm going to talk about this a little more. It's to get free from the bondage, the hurts, and the hangups in your life. Now, I know Pastor Todd spent all last week talking about this, but I want to talk about it a little bit more today because too many people rush from the second step of the journey are ignored it altogether to run to the third step. They're like, yeah, yeah, live free, get through all that junk, just junk, yeah, let's go. I want to find out what my purpose is. Let's go do something. And that's great. That's awesome. That's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. But listen, you need to get healed from the pains, the hurts, and the scars of yesterday first. And the reason why is because we can never fully live out our purpose unless we've dealt with our past wounds. So you can know what your purpose is and you can start walking in it. But again, you're not going to be totally effective if you have all of this junk operating in your life, right? A car engine doesn't work good when it has a lot of trash in the gas tank, right? It runs good whenever you have clean fuel and everything where it can run at, at top of, to its top performance. Same thing with us. We're not going to be running and operating in our full potential until we begin to get healed of our past, of our hurts, of our bondages, of our fears. And I want to show you a great example of that in the scriptures. Today it all combined last week and this week. And we see this in the parable in Matthew chapter 25. And for time's sake, I'm not going to read the whole parable, but it was the parable of the three servants that the master had gave a certain amount of talents to. It was money at the time. They were called talents. And he gave one servant five, and he gave the next two, and he gave the third only one. So they all had the same opportunity to use their talents wisely on behalf of their master. 
the difference was that the servant that only had one talent, he allowed his fear to produce failure in his life. You notice again, everybody's different. We're going to get into that. But he allowed his fear to produce failure. See, if you live by fear, you will bury your talent. But if you bury your fear, then you invest your talent into the kingdom of God. And that's what we need to do. We need to bury our fears, our, our wounds, our hurts, to let, allow the Lord to get rid of those things and work on us and begin to free us from those things so we can be running at top speed and being the most effective we can be when we find our purpose. Amen? The third thing, and this may seem simple, but I think this is where a lot of people get hung up. And I think just because a lot of us are impatient, I know I am at least, but a lot of us, Get hung up on this one. The third thing is ask the Lord, what's his purpose for your life? And this is the key. Continue to listen for the answer. Don't just ask him one time and say, well, Brandon, I did that and I didn't hear nothing. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. He didn't tell me. Well, he might be still telling you. What do I mean by that? First, let me read Jeremiah 33.3. I love this. I'm going to read it in the message. He says, call to me and I will answer you. So let's just stop there. Is God a man that he shall lie? He says if we call to him, if we ask him, what did he say he'll do? He will answer us, right? That's a promise. He will. I will tell you marvelous and wonderful things that you cannot figure out on your own. I love that. If you call to me, I'll answer you and tell you wonderful, marvelous things. Isn't your calling and your divine destiny a wonderful thing? Isn't that a marvelous thing? You know, I've talked to so many people over the years that they're trying to figure out what to do. They've told me that, man, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do in my life. I'm trying to figure out where, where is it God wants me. I'm trying, to, uh, I'm trying to figure out what's my path, what's, what's you, know, uh, you know, I'm trying to find myself and just figure this whole thing out. And I'm sure a lot of those people are good meaning people and some of them may have prayed, but I wonder if some of them at all have really prayed and sought the Lord and listened to what the Lord is saying. You see, the Lord wants to reveal your purpose to you but you must ask him and be willing to continue to listen. It's not a one-time thing. See, it goes back to what Pastor Todd talked about last week. The closer you draw to the Lord, the more he will reveal to you the plan that he's had for you since before you were even born. It goes back to the closer you get to him. Everything goes back and starts with that knowing God, that intimacy with God. It all starts there. If you want to know your purpose, if you want to know your destiny, and I love this message, and I, I, I always love preaching about destiny because of how much it's impacted my life, you got to be in, 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 a, in a place where you're constantly asking the Lord, seeking the Lord, being in relationship with you. And this is the kicker. Let me try to help you here a little bit, and I'm going to share some more of my story. We said, well, yeah, of course, ask God, and he'll tell you. This happens sometimes, but most of the time, God doesn't just speak in an audible voice all in one shot and lays out the plan for you. Most of the time, what I've learned over the years, when again, even sitting down and looking back at, at, at my life, it's a process, y'all. God's speaking to you, especially when it comes to major decisions like who you're going to marry and what your purpose is in life. That's two of the major, most major ones. It's a process. It doesn't always happen, you know, just like that in, in one time, one sitting, one prayer. So let me share a little bit how it happened with me. I can remember right after getting saved, probably within the first year, I was sitting right back here in this back session by the, by the tithe box in this back corner right here. And Pastor Todd was up here preaching. And I remember one Sunday he was preaching. And I just had the thought run through my mind, never even imagined before I got saved that I would do any kind of public speaking or any of that kind of stuff. And I just had the thought sitting back there, man, I could see myself doing that one day. 
And I just had that thought. And just as fast as it came, it kind of went. I left, probably went eat lunch. If it was fall, probably went watch the Saints game and just kind of went on, you know. And then, you know, people around church, like those two youth pastors and other men, some of the elders and people started speaking things into my life and said, man, I see you got a calling on your life. Man, I see this in you and I see that in you. And I'd be like, man, I, well, that's, I appreciate that. You know, like, man, I wonder why they're telling me this. I wonder why they see this. And then one day I was praying specifically, and, and, and I didn't even say this in the first service, but I was praying specifically, and the Lord spoke to me and told me exactly what he wanted me to do. And I, what I didn't say in the first service was that when the Lord spoke to me, I wasn't praying about my destiny. I actually was repenting about some sin in my life. And then he spoke to me about what he wanted me to do. He said, I've called you to preach my word. And it just kind of was like, and I know it was the Lord because I was in this point of brokenness and repentance in my life. And then he spoke to me. And now I pretty much knew, you know, what that meant. But I'll conclude here in a minute and finish off the story because it leads to my last point. I had these things happen. It was a prayer. And all this was over months and in maybe a year or so time. So you, you see what I'm saying about God speaking, right? It's not always just one time. I did get the divine answer in prayer, but I had that thought. I had people speaking, and then the Lord spoke to me. But the last point, and this is how it all kind of came to a head for me, was that you got to find out what your spiritual gift is. you got to find out how you are. You remember I talked about your design determines your destiny? So I've been talking about how we all have a destiny, but you got to find out how you're wired. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance his purposes in the world. These gifts work in harmony with our personality, experiences, and abilities. First, let me, let me stop for a minute. When I was typing this out, I almost took the word experiences out. I almost took it out and I went on to my next point and I felt the Lord telling me to go back. He does use our personalities, our abilities, and our experiences. I can't tell you so many people feel like their path is going to hinder them to their future. But I, I promise you, if, if it's the Lord's will, your past can catapult you to your future. I'm thankful now. I, back then, I mean, I wish I would have went all the different path, but different path and all that stuff. But, you know, I, as a pastor now, being a drug addict and alcoholic, I can relate to a lot of people. I, I've helped a lot of people and just sharing my, not even preaching, I'm just sharing my testimony at the jail and at, at recovery centers and stuff. You know, I, with my dad committing suicide and my only brother passing away, I, we, we minister to so many people that lose loved ones in tragic ways and die suddenly or have multiple deaths in a family. Well, you know what? God has used my experiences and what he's called me to do. Amen? Amen. So don't ever, don't ever think your past experiences is going to hinder you. If you submit it to God and surrender to him, he could actually use it to catapult you. See, and we all, we got to realize this. We all have different gifts that God placed in us to fulfill our purpose and to advance his kingdom. So they're different. Now we're going to kind of turn the corner a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 7 says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Notice that this passage, the word different and the same are used three different times. See, the Lord wants to emphasize that each of us is unique and different from everyone else, but that we're all united to serve the Lord in the same way. Amen? It goes back to what I prayed about earlier, being unified. And I want to stop and say this about finding out how you're wired, your spiritual gift. I've struggled for years comparing myself to other people. Specifically in this arena, comparing myself to other pastors. 
And you know what? What I found and what you learned by that is that, you know what? Yes, maybe, you know, we got the same gift as pastoring and whatnot, but, but different spiritual gifts, even different people that I know personally around here and whatnot. And it's just like, man, why can't I do more, like do that like he does it? Man, why can't I do more like she does it? But we got to realize we're all created equally, but we're created unique and differently. And that we could use all of our separate gifts to, to advance and come together in unity to further God's kingdom, right? So some of the gifts that the Bible talks about is mercy, preaching, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, and administrative. Do you know yours? Let me just ask you a question. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? And these are not, this is not all of them. Here's a great illustration that I read here just this week, and it shows that the exact same situation, people with different spiritual gifts will view a situation differently. You know, you might realize your gift just by hearing this little illustration. So imagine that spiritual gifts is represented as family members sitting around the table. They're at the table eating dinner and somebody spills their dessert. And the family members are the spiritual gifts will respond in this way. Mercy would say, don't feel bad. It can happen to anybody. Preaching would say, that's what happens when you're not careful. I read that, and I'm like, oh, man, is that how I sound when I preach? <laughs> Serving says, let me help you clean it up. Teaching says, the reason it fell is because it was too heavy on one side. Exhortation says, next time, let's serve the dessert with the meal. Giving says, I'll be happy to buy you a new dessert. Administration says, Jim, you go get the mop, Sue, pick it up, Mary, help me fix another dessert. <laughs> Can you hear yourself responding in one of those ways? I had a brother come up after and he said, and prophecy would say, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, that's good. That's good. So, but do you, can you see yourself when I was, honestly, could you say, oh yeah, I would have probably said this. And it's funny, and it, it's a, it's a, but it's a great illustration, right? If you find yourself responding in one of those ways, that may be what your gifting is. And maybe your personality, maybe how you are. Let me ask you this question. Even with the prophecy, I knew that was going to happen. Is any of these responses wrong in and of itself? No, no, it's just the way that we're gifted and the way our personalities are. We see things differently. So before I even go on, let me say this. If you know, for those of us that know our spiritual gift, hey, be careful. Be careful not to try to push your way of seeing things on other people. Like if you, if, if it was me, I would have just went and get that mop and cleaned it up. You shouldn't have been trying to buy her another thing and do this. She needs to learn her lesson. Well, hold on. Remember, we all have different gifts, but it's the same spirit and the same Lord that we serve. And if we use our gifts, like this is a great illustration, that guess what? The dessert got cleaned up. The poor person that dropped it got comforted. They went and get another dessert, right? Everybody, they maybe learned a lesson. Yeah, it was too heavy on that side. Right, if they, everybody, everybody's gifts work together, then, then more things can get accomplished. So be careful not to put your gift on somebody else and how they're operating, right? Or not to compare yourself with others as well. So again, could you see yourself in one of these? Now, there are more gifts than that, of course. So if you don't know your spiritual gift or think you know it, but you're not quite sure, you hear us say it every Sunday now. We want to help you by, by encouraging you to go through the growth track. That's why this is a whole message basically designed to tell you why we do the growth track. It's how you go through your next steps. It's because if you don't know your spiritual gift or your personality, how you were designed, you maybe have been struggling to know your destiny and your purpose because you don't know how God wired you. There's greatness on the inside of you, but he's hardwired you a certain way to bring that greatness out, and you have to find that out. So remember I said I had the thought? 
um, with Pastor Todd uh, that preaching that I could do that. And then, you know, some men spoke into my life. And then, uh, uh, you know, I was praying with them. The Lord gave me that word. And then also, I mentioned this in the first service as well. It wasn't in my notes, but I thought about it. Once I got that word from the Lord, I called Cassie. We were engaged at the time, and we were about to get married. And I was like, man, I feel like God's calling me to ministry. And I kind of knew what that meant. And, and for me, I'm just like, I'm about to blow her mind with this. You know, like she's going to be like, oh, wow. So I called her this big old thing. I'm like, when meet her at the park. It's like, okay, listen, I was praying. I'm probably wide-eyed talking 10 times as fast as I'm talking right now. And was just so excited. And I was like, I feel like God's calling me to full-time ministry. And she's like, I know. I'm like, really? Like the air went out of my balloon, you know, first. I was just like, man, I, I was ready to like, I thought she was going to fall over into the pond in Gerard Park. And she's just like, yeah, I know. But you know what that did for me? It goes back to that process of listening. That was just another confirmation that God had spoke to me. Amen. This is the woman I was going to spend the rest of my life with and be my partner in ministry. So the Lord just, you know, confirmed it again. But okay, so I knew I would call to preach God's word. And I, it looked like it'd be ministry, but I still wasn't. I was just like, man, how is this going to happen? Well, guess what? I went to what was our growth track way back then. Basically the same material, repackaged. It was longer and different nights and all that. But when I went, I took my spiritual gifts test and my personality test. And my two dominant gifts was pastoring and evangelism. So all this stuff was going on, and the growth track, again, helped not really hone it in. I felt like God spoke to me. I mean, pastoring and in evangelism, obviously you have to preach. But what about the leadership? People were speaking leadership over me. So obviously, you know, and these are all things that the Lord was showing me, but the growth track confirmed for me. Amen? So we want to help you to do that. The church helped me in my earlier days to do that. And it's still helping me because remember, not only do I know my gifting and, and my purpose and I'm doing it, we got to continue to develop them, right? If you know what your calling and purpose is, we're continuously working on developing our gifts and talents. That's being a good steward of what we have. Listen, everyone, we can pretty much see just by, again, just by watching the news and what's going on all over the world and earthquakes and hurricanes and just you know, unrest everywhere, you know, we might not have a whole lot of time left on this earth. So if you don't know what your purpose is, I want to encourage you to find out. You know, th this class today is, is step four, so it's really wrapping it up and we're delegating people into the serve teams. But jump in next Sunday. You can jump in in step one and go all four steps and, and learn our heart, the vision. You'll hear more of this kind of stuff and or you'll probably hear a recap of what I talked about today. But you can take that personality test, spiritual gifts test. It's very simple. It doesn't take long to take. And it's, I'm telling you, it's accurate. I just shared my testimony about it. And so you need to find out what it is. The four-step journey that the Lord has for everyone is to know him, is to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. So my question as we close is, what step of the journey are you on today? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Where are you on the journey? For some of you, you may still be at, at step one. You know, maybe maybe you don't know God. Know God in a personal way. He's like, well, Brandon, I'm in church. Of course I know God. Well, maybe you know about God. Again, you've heard about him. You've maybe been coming to church a while. You grew up in church. And you've heard many sermons about God. And you've heard people talk about God. And you maybe read the Bible. But do you know God in an intimate way? Do you have a personal relationship with your creator. You know, some of the pastors told me that, uh, that they heard that yesterday the world was supposed to end. You saw some of that stuff going on around the, the news. And I'm always like, if they give you a date, then it's not true. Jesus made it plain that no one knows the day or the time, right? So, but let's just say for a minute, let's just say for a minute that yesterday 
the world did in yesterday, where would you be spending your eternity right now? If the world no longer existed and we all be in eternity, where would you be at right now if yesterday was the last day? What if today's the last day, folks? What if today's the last day that we have here on this earth? Do you know God? Where are you going to spend your eternity? Do me a favor. Everybody head bowed, every eye closed. If you would say, you know, Brandon, I'm not sure, but I want to know. I, we, we, I mentioned it earlier. We read it in Ephesians that God saves us by his grace when we believe. That word believe means to trust. Just like you would trust a parachute if you would jump out of a plane to save your life. We got to trust in Jesus to save our lives for eternity. So if you say, Brandon, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't mind, just say, you say, Brandon, I don't, I don't know where I would spend eternity. If today's the last day, maybe you was watching some of those news programs and you maybe got a little fearful. If you got fearful, it might mean that you're not in the right place with God. If you say, Brandon, I want to make sure that I'm right with the Lord. I need to get saved. I need to be forgiven of my sins. Could you pray for me? If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand. And I want to pray for you. I see your hands back here. See your hands in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Hands in the back. Hands going up everywhere. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Come on, we don't want to rush through this. I see your hands back here. Anybody else? Come on, people all over the auditorium are making a decision right now. I see your hand in the middle, sir. Thank you, Lord. Come on, this is the greatest decision you'll ever make. If you want to know your purpose, this is where it starts. It starts with knowing God in an intimate way. Now, again, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So for all of you that raised your hands, and as a church family, we're going to pray with you. I want you to just pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I thank you, Lord, for giving me a purpose and having a plan for my life. Lord, show me what that plan is for my life. And give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you and to live out my purpose all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a round of applause and give the Lord glory. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Hey, congratulations for all of you that raised your hand. Do me a favor, before you leave, take like 30 to 45 seconds, fill out a card in the pew in front of you. It says, I made a decision. There's a green bar on top. It says, I made a decision. Fill out that card on your way out. You can drop it to the, uh, somebody in the, in the info center in the lobby. They have a gift for you, a Bible to get you started. Hey, before you leave, I know we have some people leaving. Just before you leave, before you, let me ask you this. Maybe you're not at no God. You've been saved. What about living free? Are you living free? Are there things in your life that you know, like, man, I need healing from this. I need freedom from this. Again, we have the Freedom Weekend next month. But listen, if you've been heavy, if you're like, man, I'm so tired of dealing with this, this junk in my life. Before you leave, hey, come down to the altar. We want to pray for you. When I, I, I'm going to dismiss here in a minute. We would like to pray with you, stand with you to help you in that. And if you don't know your God-given purpose or destiny, remember your design reveals your destiny. I encourage you next Sunday to jump into the growth track. Start the process. Not only will we help you find it out in that class, we want to continue to help walk with you and develop that gifting in your life moving forward. Let me pray over you. Father, we thank you. I thank you for the souls that were saved today, Lord, the lives that were changed. I thank you, Lord, that in this room there's greatness, that I'm looking at greatness throughout this whole room. You've placed greatness inside of us. I pray that you stir it up. Those that know what our purpose are, that we live it out and those that don't know, begin to speak to them or continue to speak to them to show them how you have created them, why you've created them, what their purpose and plan is for their life, Lord. We thank you for it. I pray your blessing be upon them as they go. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful day.